her and she's like, Emma, you go get the young ones. And Emma's already gone. She's talking to no one. And so she pulls out her tracker and then she follows it yeah, to, the bathroom. To, to the bathroom. And she's like, what? She's not in here. And there's a single bucket in the in there. And in it, she finds Emma's ear. Like, yeah. not her tracker, but she just sliced off her entire ear because she didn't have time. Hey, you guys. What's up? We are the Otaku Couple. I am Mrs. Otaku. And I'm Mr. Otaku. And this is the I'd Rather Anime Podcast number 33. This is your place to catch up on all things anime, new and old, with a lovely addition of our opinions, thoughts, and banter. We know you could be doing other things, so we're glad that you'd rather anime with us. Yeah, so what we watched this week, One Piece, again, episode 877. So this week, the Straw Hats finally made it out of Big Mom's territory. Yep. It's finally over. They've escaped. This arc yep. is finally done after. I don't know. I don't know. It's been a really long time. So 120 episodes, probably, maybe more. I don't know. It feels like forever. <laughs> a really long time. It's yeah. I don't even remember anything before this. Honestly, that's what I feel like at this point. Like, I just feel like, wow, I've been consumed with watching this whole Cake Island arc for my entire life. Obviously, that's not true, but that's what I feel like. Yeah, it feels like it's been an eternity. But I really look forward to what's coming next. Like, the next slew of episodes should all be, like, all amazing. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Um, Other things that happened in this episode. Um... The German decided to retreat, and the fishmen decided to retreat once they heard Luffy and the others had made it through. Yeah, they said grab the sick and the injured, and you know, pretty much let's get the heck up out of Dodge. Yep. Um, we also got to see uh, what happened between Pudding and Sanji mm-hmm. and their little moment or whatever. So we got to see the whole uh, Sanji Pudding kiss thing and how she took the memories out of his head or whatever, so Sanji doesn't remember the kiss or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it was touching. It was a touching moment. And we also got the Katakuri brulee touching moment. There were a lot of little touching moments at the end of this. But what wasn't touching is this awful song that played like throughout the whole episode. Yeah, and it's not like the singing was bad. I just found it really, really, really annoying. I didn't get the point of it. Like, we just had a, a song episode not that long ago. And it's just like... Yeah, like Big Mom singing just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. I don't get excited about it. I would prefer they never do it again, actually. Yeah, and hopefully they won't. I don't I mean, I mean we're, we're done with her arc. Yeah, so, so yeah. Hopefully. Oh, but um, of course, as they're getting ready to retreat, Big Mom comes racing in. Um, we don't really see what happens. We don't see if she actually catches up to them or actually attacks them or anything, but yeah. she was on her way, and she had arrived to... Um, to finish them off. But, uh. Yeah, as long as she doesn't kill Jinbei, we should be good. Well, Jinbei can't die. He's not allowed. Luffy made that very clear. Yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, that's pretty much it for this week in One Piece. Yeah, it was a pretty slow paced episode, but it was. It was kind of mellow compared to everything that's been going on up to this point. Yeah, it was, it was a wrap up. It was a. I about to say wrap up chapter. It was a wrap up episode, an arc wrap up. Yeah. The next episode can, I don't know, might be considered a uh, wrap up as well. 
or it could be considered the first start of something new, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. All right. Moving on to Black Clover, episode 75. Um, this one was kind of like a setup episode, too, it in was, a way. It was a setup episode because, I mean, we don't see any of the characters that we really care about. Like, we see the Black Bulls, but we don't see a whole lot of Asta. We don't see a whole lot of, you know, we don't see a whole lot of Noel. Like, the characters that we've been with primarily this entire time, we don't see a whole lot of them. What's happening in this episode is we're seeing this, like, of course they have, like, this, um, it's not really a tournament, but kind of like the Royal, the Royal Knights exam, it's kind of set up like a tournament, like, if you win, you go forward, if you lose, you don't, that's it for you. Yeah. And, um, we're basically seeing all the, the first round battles or whatever, and we're seeing the teams and how they work together and their matchups, and most of these fights not even most of them almost all of these fights are like just fodder because it's got a character that we know like Fenrir or Magna or you know characters that we that have personalities that we are aware of going up against these completely random people who we really don't even care about yeah and they just wipe the floor with them yeah I think it's really done uh to hype the, up their next matches when these people go up against each other but they wanted to basically like give all of them a win so you could see what all of them are made of beforehand and, you know it was kind of like a we're trying to build the hype for what's going to happen when these two teams at one go up against each other next yeah because eventually what's going to happen is we're going to have main character team against main character team and they're just sort of building how these teams like the dynamic of these teams and how they're working so far and I think that this episode actually does a pretty good job of it because it shows you like, okay, this person is cl- clearly the mastermind of this team. Mm-hmm. And you can see who the leaders are. Yeah. And I think what's going to be interesting is when these teams go up against Asta and his team, because it's kind of clear that at this point, Asta's team is the only one that's not functioning as a team. Everyone else has sort of found their rhythm. I guess, and Asa's team doesn't have a clear leader. And I think that's going to be interesting because obviously Asa's the main character, so I mean, it's going to be interesting to see them go up against him and his team and their dysfunction, I guess, especially the other Black Bulls. So, like, obviously Fenrir and Magna are going to go up against Asta with a completely different mindset than everybody else because they know him, they work with him, and they know that, you know, first of all, there's no going, there's not going to be any, let's crush his spirit. There's not any of that. Like, you're just going to have to beat him outright, and that's the only way to defeat Asta. And I think that mindset is going to be different. I think it's also going to be different when you know comes into play because, honestly, the only one that you know really acknowledges, ironically, is Asta. Yeah. And everybody else is just like, oh, Asta, he doesn't have any magic. He's not someone to pay attention to. But you know, it's the exact opposite. Like, everybody's like, oh, snap. He's like this prodigy. We have to pay attention to him. He's like, no, you should be paying attention to Asta. Like, that's the person that I'm watching out for. So I think that's going to be an interesting setup, too. Because, of course, you know, you know, you know, has his team members who know exactly what he's made of. And everybody's going to be looking at him like, okay, we have to watch him. And you know, you know, is strong in his own right. So it's not like he's a walk in the park. Yeah, he's he's very strong. But um, the other things that I liked about this kind of setup that they're doing 
is uh like Fenrir going up against his brother in the next round. Um, the uh, Mimosa going up against her okay. brother. Yeah, there the are a lot round. of sibling. There's a lot rivalry. of sibling family rivalry things going on. But what's interesting to me is that you don't have a whole lot of like loving sibling relationships among the Magic Knights. Like Mimosa hates her big brother. You know, Fenrir and his he brother. Is creepy. Okay, but yeah, he is, but still like that's her fa- that's family you know they they don't get along Fenrir and his brother don't get along the only people who really get along are Leopold and Fogolian I can never say his name Fogolian Fogolian there we go but you know Fogolian's out because of his injury or whatever so and you know it's kind of hard to see Leopold getting along with his older sister and it could just be their personalities but you know, it's just strange that you don't see any who actually like get along. But maybe the Silvas, the older, the older Silvas, get along. You know, minus Noel. Yeah, maybe. But but um, I'm excited to see what comes of all of this. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. All right, moving on. The Rising of the Shield Hero, episode number 11. We're, oh, no. This uh, this one keeps continuing on. I think it's 24 yeah, episodes. I think this one's it's got to be 24 episodes because I can't see this wrapping up in the next episode unless they're going to do one of those things where it's just, like, incomplete. Yeah, I don't think they're doing that. I'm pretty sure this one's going to keep going for 24 episodes, which yeah. is great. Um, but what happened in episode 11? Um, the second wave started right on time. Yeah. Um, Natbumi has his soldiers behind him, and they and they're like, they know at this point they know what their roles are. The sword hero, the bow hero, and the spear hero are going to go fight the monster, and as a shield hero, he's going to go defend the city that it's attacking. Mm-hmm. They go and they're defending it, and they're like, when is this going to be over? Like we're already three hours into this thing, and we can't keep this up forever. Like what are they doing? Why haven't they defeated the monster? So, Nafumi leaves the defending of the city to his newly recruited um, soldier friend. Oh, wait. While we're talking about that, we gotta not forget to mention the granny, the grandma that he gave the medicine to. Uh, she was there at that village, mm-hmm. and she could fight. Yeah. She, she, was, she was like a little spring chicken, just taking out monsters. Yeah, left and right. Left and right. I thought that was a nice touch. I thought that was funny. Yeah, I think it's cool how everything has seemed to come you know full Full circle circle. and that i like how the people in this world don't forget the things that have been done for them you know it'd be easier to to overlook it and be like oh well i hate the shield hero because everybody hates the shield hero but everyone sort of thinks for themselves in this world which is kind of nice yeah but um but back to the the main story now fumi leaves to go help the other three heroes fight and basically what's going on is they're all divided you know all of them are trying to 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 do different things because to them to a certain extent this is still a video game and they all come from different worlds where they played the video game and i guess to beat this round you have to focus on different things and so the bow hero was like i told them to focus on you know doing x y and z yeah i think his was destroying the ship the bow hero said destroy the ship. He was trying to destroy it from afar. Yeah, or something, or like destroy a specific thing. But I guess it was, they were all focusing on different things because the, on the ship, 
the sword hero was fighting one thing and then the spear hero was fighting something else and they were like we have to get this thing to appear otherwise it's just going to keep regenerating and yada 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 so nafumi gets there he's like why are y'all not fighting together and so nafumi joins the fight and basically he's like i'm not strong enough so he tells raftalia I'm going to use the rage shield, you know, pretty much don't touch me because it's cursed. And, you know, we don't want to do the whole thing with the holy water again. So um, he goes into the rage shield mode, but I guess he's kind of channels the dragon, like the dragon from a few episodes ago that the sword hero killed, but left and they got called to deal with it. Well, of course, Nafumi took some of the bones and the core or whatever, and he let the shield absorb it. And so when he went rage mode, the dragon started talking to him and he was just upset because he's like not only did you kill me you used my bones and everything else for your own purposes and he was just angry yeah he was very angry so um nafumi tries to get you know control of it or whatever and he does after a certain point and then he summons the iron maiden and basically this thing that they have been fighting he puts it inside like this little shield ball or whatever the same move that he used against a spear hero in their duel but then inside of it there are spikes and then he takes that and he pits it inside of this giant iron maiden and he says like a spell or something i don't don't know know, i don't know what he said but he put his hand in the air and he closed his fist and that thing closed and he yeah. That monster, it was it was epic. And it was done. And all everybody else was just looking at him like he has this kind of power. Yeah. You know? And then I just had this really satisfactory moment because I was just like, yeah, y'all been hating on Nafumi, but Nafumi's been out here grinding. Nafumi's been out here putting in work. Mm-hmm. He has been doing his job, you know? And then out of nowhere, we have this woman in black who we've been sort of seeing in clips at the end of some of the episodes and she basically comes up and she insults all of them she's like none of you are out here fighting like your heroes if it took all of that to defeat the minions like none of you are worthy of being called a hero except for you and of course she's pointing to Nafumi she's like you I want to know your name and he's just like not face he's like first of all it's rude to ask somebody else's name before giving your own and then she's like ah true enough so she gives her name and Nafumi gives his name. And then she's like, okay, well, I am your true opponent, the boss of this wave, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So it was just like, they did all that and were having all that struggle for hours. And they weren't even fighting the real boss. They were fighting the boss before the boss. Yeah, they're basically fighting her assistant or whatever you want to call it. So it's like, I'm kind of excited to see where this is going to go because Raftalia was the one who made the um, the other heroes realize like he's a shield hero. He is not supposed to be out on the front lines doing this, but because y'all can't get y'all stuff together, he's having to do this. So what does that say about you? Yeah. And the sword hero, like I give my respect to the sword hero in this episode because he was the first one to like step up and be like, you're right. And then the bow hero came after that. And then finally the spear hero. And um, what I love about the sword hero is when the spear hero finally got into the fray at the last moment. Of course, Malty was like, how you can't help the shield hero. That's not, you know, what we're doing or whatever. And then the sword hero just turns around and he's like, well, do you want to come fight this by yourself then? Yeah. Can you beat it? Because if you can't beat it, then sit there and shut up. Exactly. (laughs) 
And I was just like, I respect that because it's just like, we're in a fight to the death. We don't have time for your petty little nuances or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Like, get over yourself. This is a true life or death situation. If we don't win, people are going to die. And you're talking about don't help him because you don't like him. Like, get over yourself. Ain't nobody got time for that. And in my mind, I'm like, this is why they decided that you can't be the next queen. This is why they picked your little sister over you because you have such a faulted personality that you're willing to let people die over your petty feelings. So dumb. So I'm excited for the next episode. Um, Nafumi is honestly one of my favorite characters this season. I would honestly say like he's right behind Ray and my favorite characters this season. Yeah, Nafumi's dope. Yeah. But um, speaking of Ray. The next up is The Promised Neverland. Yep, Promised Neverland, episode number 11. We only have one more to go after this one. Yeah. Um, so, in this one, um, basically picking up from the look from last episode. The look. The look. Y'all know what look we talking about, too. Yeah, you saw it. Um, basically, Ray, he straight up suggests that they run away right then and there. And um, he's like, let's run away tonight. Like, you say you got everything ready to go, let's do it right now. Let's stop putting this off. And uh, Ray uh, comes up with this plan or whatever. He's like, look, we'll run away now. I got little mazatals or whatever hidden in the forest. Yeah, we'll set, we'll set the uh, surrounding area on fire as we leave. We'll burn this house down. Mom will have to uh, try to save the house. And while she's trying to save the house, we'll get away. And then was like, hold on, but what if she decides to abandon the house and tries to go after us instead because we're the merchandise? And then Ray's like, oh, I have you're a- You're so smart. You're so smart. You figured it out. Uh, but I have a plan for that or whatever. And he pours the oil all over his body and lights a match. And it's not just oil. This is lighter fluid. Like, yeah. it's not just like, oh, he put, put coconut oil on his face. No, he poured lighter fluid all over his body. Yeah. And, and he lit a match and he was getting ready to torch himself because he was like, she'll never give me up. He told Emma, look, I never really liked studying that much or anything like that. But I just worked so my scores would be the best they could possibly be so I could be the perfect score. That way, I could rip it away from them at the end. Yeah, he was like, I worked it all up to this last moment. They've been waiting to eat me for 12 years. And it's like, imagine how devastating it's going to be for them to know that at the last moment, the day before, I'm picked. It's just gone. He's like, I am a human being. I am not food and I will not be treated as such. Yeah, so he was planning on killing himself. It was it was a very strong, powerful moment. It was epic. And then all of a sudden we cut and the next thing we see is just the house ablaze and Emma on the ground yelling, Ray! Ray! And of course mom comes running in. She sees the fire. She's just like, what's going on? And she's like, and Emma's like, Ray, he's in there. Yep, and, and she, then she pulls out the tracker. She's like, <gasps> she pulls out the tracker, sees Ray's signal still in there. He's like, no, it's like I gotta at least save his brain. Yep, but yeah. But of course, he poured lighter fluid all over the place, so that fire extinguisher was doing nothing. Yep, and apparently he did something to the sprinklers, obviously. So yeah, it wouldn't work. Sprinklers weren't working. That's that was just convenient, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure Ray. Ray I'm sure. Ray I'm sure that this was figured out, thought out ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But um, but then basically we see how they set this up, um, and 
in the middle of Ray dropping the match. Emma catches it. And she was like, oh, that was close. And then she delivers a message from Norman. Um, I don't remember the exact words and I don't want to butcher it. So you can go back and, you know, check out the episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. But she delivers a message from Norman and she's basically like, he told me that you were trying to kill yourself. And he told me that this would happen. And he's the one who set up this entire plan. And I'm just following through. So you can't die. And basically the... um. I don't know their real names. In my head, I've been calling them Onion and Tomato because that's what their heads are shaped like. <laughs> but that's not the names. I think it's like Lonnie and Toma. Something like that. They show up with Ray's clothes and they're like, okay. And then Ray's like, they know? And Emma's like, we'll talk about it later. So she gets rid of the tracker in his ear. They set up, I guess, like meat and hair in his clothes. So it like creates a certain smell. Yeah, so then, when mom smells it burning, it actually smells, smells like, like a, there's a, a human. human. In there. And then they leave the tracker that they take out in the middle of it. And then in the middle of this wonderful acting that Emma's doing, mom turns to her and she's like, Emma, you go get the young ones. And Emma's already gone. She's talking to no one. And so she pulls out a tracker and then she follows it yeah, in, to, the bathroom. To, to the bathroom. And she's like, what? She's not in here. And there's a single bucket in the in there. And in it, she finds Emma's ear. Like, not her tracker, but she just sliced off her entire ear because she didn't have time. And she just left it there. And mom was just like, she loses it. She runs out. She yeah. leaves the house. And then she's like, ha. And basically, she takes a moment. She's like, okay, y'all got one on me, but I can still track you down. And so she goes into this, like, almost sister crone crazy frenzy. And is about to chase them down. And then here comes Phil and his little hand on her skirt. And he's like, mama. And basically, she she just looks at him like, what? You're still here? Yeah, Phil was still there. And then we find out that um, it's not everybody. Because Ray is, while this is going on, you know, everyone else is like running away, going toward the wall. Emma meets up with them and they're like great and Ray is just standing there he's like completely shook to the core like what is going on here and then they're running and they get to the wall and Ray's like is this everybody and that's where the episode ends yeah but yeah so it's it's epic and it's just like I can't wait to see how they end it it's it's gonna be awesome yeah like having read the manga I really appreciate like how close this is like there is they're not like adding or taking away anything that was in the manga to the anime yeah not anything significant i really appreciate that like the manga for me had more impact but it's probably because i was reading it for the first time and i was just like what's gonna happen next yeah like how are they how are they working this out yeah but um i am really excited for the final episode yep and the and the manga is a great read so yeah and we're actually going to be talking about that um pretty soon probably in the next week or two so we'll have um an i'd rather manga episode in the feed at some point yeah and we'll be talking about the promise neverland all the way up from the beginning to where we are at that point and i think we're only about three chapters behind right now maybe four so we'll be talking about pretty much everything that happens yep so keep an eye out for that all right, domestic girlfriend episode eleven. Almost at the end of this one, thankfully. Um, <laughs> I'm not even gonna talk about it 
because it's just if you are watching domestic girlfriend i respect you because it's so dumb i know that you probably feel like you're losing brain cells by watching it because every time we go to watch this i just feel dumber and dumber by association and these people aren't even real and it's so just idiotic and stupid and just infuriating to watch at this point. Um, basically, in this episode, um, the the students are going on a class trip to Okinawa. And for those of you who don't watch a lot of anime or are not from Japan, Okinawa is basically like the beach. It's a beach city. And so they go and, you know, everyone's having a good time. Not so was with his friends. Ruby is with her friends. Because at the beginning of this episode, um, it continues on from where last episode left off. And Rui is now fully aware of Natsuo and Hina's relationship. And of course, at first she's mad, but in the end, she ends up working things out with Hina while they're in Okinawa. And um, everything's good, you know? Yeah. Everything's fine. And then we have this moment where um, while out shopping, Natsuo sees some rings in a jewelry shop that the girls that they're with stop at. So it's like a group of six of them. It's Natsuo and his friends and I guess three girls from their class. The girls stop at a jewelry shop. Natsuo sees the rings and he gets this look on his face like he's about to do something stupid. And lo and behold, he does. He texts Hina and he's like, hey, can we meet up? So they meet up in her room that night while everybody else is on the beach for the fireworks festival, right? Um, basically, he walks in, and this is where it gets dumb. Hina's like, I think we should break up. And Natsuo's like, hey, will you marry me? And um, this is where I get frustrated because Hina is talking about, I should be an adult. I'm your older sister. I'm a teacher. I need to start acting like an adult. And yada, 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 adult, 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 mature, mature, mature. I need to act like it. And she does need to act like it, but she doesn't. She does. Exactly. That's the, that's the problem. And my problem with this is as a person who's broken up with people, you don't tell someone that I think we should break up. You tell them we are broken up. We are no longer together. It's a decisive statement, not a question. And so that's problem number one. Yeah. And then Natsuo, because she phrased it as this question, he's just like, I refuse to accept that. I don't think we should. I think you need to be serious about me. And he's like, you keep, and he basically points out the same thing that I just pointed out. Like he keeps, he says, you keep saying that, you know, you're doing this for my sake, but don't because I don't care. And if you're saying you're doing it for my sake, then don't because that's not what I want. That's not what you want. And if you're not, if your feelings haven't changed, then there's no point in pretending like this isn't going to happen. And he's basically like, stop playing games, essentially. Yep. And I can respect not so well for that, for just being like, okay, stop this back and forth. Be with me or don't be with me, but be clear about it and stick to it. And so she gives in, but then here's where it gets dumb. They, she is a teacher who is supposed to be supervising students on a class trip, right? It's bad enough that you're in your room while all these students are out at a fest, at a fireworks festival, right? That's bad enough. But then you have the audacity to make out with one of your students in front of an open window. Yep. And... Not only it's do you overlooking the beach where all the kids are. Exactly. 
And what's so bad about this particular episode is not only do they make out in front of the window, they go way beyond that, you know? And then it's just like, that's so dumb. Like, Matsuwa ends up proposing to Hina, saying like, you know, at some point in the future, let's get married and I'll give you a real ring and yada, yada, yada or whatever but then at the end of the episode you know we leave we're back at school one of the teachers comes to Hina in the faculty office and she's like hey the head teacher wants to talk to you and Hina's like oh I've been summoned I wonder if it's about the questions that I submitted for the test and what do we see of course one of the students took a picture with their smartphone of her making out with Natsubo in front of an open window at Okinawa and it's just like she's like oh my god how did we get caught and it's just like you haven't been smart about this from the beginning like I don't agree with the whole relationship but if you're gonna have an illicit affair at least let it be a secret like everybody the fact that Rui even found out about it shows that one you weren't hiding it very well but then it's like you are making out in hallways at school you are walking down public streets together um, he has a key to your house and he comes and goes as he pleases. You know, you're sneaking off into closets with him at school during the middle of a school day. You know, he's waiting for you outside of bathrooms at a school, a public school where a bunch of students attend and y'all are acting like this is okay. But then on top of that, you are literally having an affair with him in front of an open window in front of a bunch of students with camera bones. It's not like this is the 70s where it's just hearsay. Like, no, it takes nothing to just turn around and see it and snap a picture, you know? But I just, like I said, the whole thing is dumb. So I'm assuming the next episode is going to be them dealing with the backlash of getting caught. Yep, and Hina getting fired and never being able to work as a teacher ever again, and she deserves it. Because this entire thing is just, it's just dumb and it's stupid and it's not even entertaining anymore, honestly. It's just a, a, a snowball of stupidity that they're trying to sell you as an ice cream cone and you're just like, no. No. But yeah. But see, I think I did pretty good. I didn't get too hype about that. Yes, you, you I, I was do. very calm about it. That was very toned down compared to usual. You should have. You guys should have heard our original reaction when we were watching it. Maybe you will one day. Um, but yeah, it was it was rough. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. Um, we were supposed to talk about Ergo Proxy, mm-hmm. but um, we didn't make it um, through it. Um, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Honestly. Yeah, Mrs. Otaku had a really rough time with the uh, two episodes that we watched. She uh, didn't like them at all and didn't find them interesting in any way. So we didn't watch it and we stopped watching it. I might watch a few more episodes to try to continue giving it a try, but I'm pretty positive Mrs. Otaku is done. So we're going to talk about Ushio and Tor instead. Um, this one is actually uh, 39 episodes. We watched it dubbed on Verb. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Tyrod. Yeah, and it was really, really good. It was. Um, we've been watching it over the last few weeks, honestly, because, you know, 39 episodes wasn't really... That's not a week binge. No, not unless it's just, like, ridiculously good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, um, but it's awesome. 
Yeah. So basically what Ushio and Tora is about is you have this kid. He's 15 his or four, 14 or 15. His name is Ushio. His dad um, has his own temple or whatever. And inside the temple, there's this spear that's been embedded in a monster. Right. Yeah, in the yokai. In a yokai. And... Of course, Ushio doesn't believe it, but he goes down there one day and he stumbles upon the monster. He pulls the sword out. That's a short version the of it. spear out. He pulls the spear, spear. out. Spear. It's not a sword. They pull the spear out. The spear is called the beast spear. Mm-hmm. And that's important to note. Okay. And basically, the beast spear chooses Ushio as its master or whatever. And the whole series is about... Um, Ushio and Toro learning to work together to defeat yokai to defeat this ultimate yokai called uh, um, I can't remember his name I can't remember oh his name. snap it was on the tip of my tongue and I just blanked yeah if you hadn't asked me I could have told you Hakumano Hakumano and um, basically Hakumano is an accumulation of all the bad energy in the universe and he just wants to destroy everything but uh, 500 years ago, he was in a war against yokai and humanity, and um, he basically was on the losing end of it. So he ran away and he embedded his body into like this pillar that's holding up the entire country of Japan. And if he leaves it, then the pillar is going to fall apart and Japan's going to sink and be destroyed. Yeah. And so. Um, there have been um, a line of women who have been casting this barrier around Hakamanomono to protect him because obviously the yokai want to destroy him and just be done with it because you know they don't really care about Japan and they just want to they just want him gone they just want it to be done and so where Ushio's mom is the current um, lady I guess woman yeah she's the current one casting the barrier or whatever and ushio finds out that his mom is still alive and he finds all about um hakamano mono and it's just like an adventure it's true shonen anime yeah it's a true shonen anime adventure and really um the story is straight or whatever Mm -hmm. but what really makes this anime good really is the journey Mm -hmm. honestly so i mean just seeing Ushio go from being this dumb kid and seeing Tora being this this big mean I want to eat all the humans yokai to being friends with friends and partners with Ushio and seeing how they take out monsters and their relationship grows and how Ushio's relationship with uh, his uh, female friends goes one in particular but um, yeah. it's it's nice to see that and all the interactions he makes and all the little developments that come about from him meeting all different types of people on this journey. And what I really liked about this show is that all those people he met along his journey, like they had actual meaning at first. It's just it seems like, OK, he's going to meet these two people. They're going to be around for a couple of episodes and it's going to go on yeah, to the next this. people. But all those people come back around. So it was very satisfying to have like all those characters actually be useful and play meaningful parts in the story yeah. all the way to the end. Yeah, and it was nice to see Ushio grow too because I mean, obviously when you have things like 
you know, One Piece or Naruto, because that's what, me personally, that's what I think of when I think of shonen anime, because those were the ones that I watched. But those are super long-running anime. Even, like, Dragon Ball, that's super long-running anime. And I think Ushio and Tora kind of falls into that category of you have this strong character. He grows from the first episode to the last episode. He's, there is a touch of romance. Like when I say a touch, I'm literally mean like sprinkles on a giant 50 foot wide cake. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not a lot, but it's there. And it's just enough to like add something to the anime without it being overpowering or, you know, annoying. It doesn't take away from it anyway. It's just like a little sprinkle on top. Yeah. And I think it's also cool because Ushio is like, he's kind of like an emo, he's one of the most emotional characters that we've seen, but not like in a crybaby wimpy type of way, but in a way that he genuinely respects all life, whether it's for a human or a yokai. And killing people, he really hates doing that, but it's like part of the job, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. And everybody, and he's fighting in a war, and everybody doesn't survive a war. Yep. And that's just real. That's just the way it is. But overall, it was a great story. We really enjoyed it. We highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we didn't spoil everything for you, so it's still worth a watch. Um, Yeah, for sure. But it's, it's a good one. But definitely give it a try. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. So um, next week, we will, of course, continue watching One Piece of Black Clover. Um, The Promise Neverland, a domestic girlfriend. Their last episode should be showing next week. So we're going to wrap those up. Um, The Rising of the Shield Hero is 24 episodes, I think. So it's going to continue on into next season. But um, we are going to be watching those next week. And um, that's pretty much it. We're really just going to be focusing on finishing up this winter season. Yep. Um, Yep. In our next episode um, of the podcast, we'll do a winter 2019 wrap up and just kind of talk about our final thoughts on uh, the Promised Neverland and domestic girlfriend and you know what our final thoughts are and what we've really thought about the season as a whole once we see the ending and uh yeah that's pretty much it yeah so that is it for this episode of i'd rather anime if you liked it please subscribe to the podcast and make sure that you're following us on twitter and instagram at i'd rather anime we know you could be doing other things but we're glad that you decided to anime with us today until next time peace out So, like, can we watch some anime now?